go it is time for the one bet podcast going into week seven of the nfl season i'm david schiff and as always i am accompanied by the man the myth the legend the guru of betting mr miles v miles how you doing buddy hi i'm miles maybe you've heard of me david i don't feel like the guru of betting anymore i feel like i'm, I'm in my own head i think last year i definitely could have had that title but this year you seem to be the one that's kicking my ass well, you know what? It has been a little bit of a surprising start to the season. I keep saying to people, Miles is laying in the weeds. He's just giving me the false sense of security. He wants me to get complacent for later in the year when he just jumps out and grabs me. But since you brought it up, I will point out that I have won the last four weeks and five out of the last six. And I have about a $1,500 lead on you over the first six weeks. So you do need to get in gear. Well, that lead is not safe, my man, because you know what I did last year. And I cashed a whole bunch of weeks in a row. And I'll say this year we had a first. And that is both you and I cashed this week. That's the first time out of the six weeks that we were both in the positive. So you're right. That is a, a nice little stat. Hopefully we can build on that. Well, I hope our, our followers are building on that. I mean, half of this, the reason we do this is so that you guys can all make money. And we're hoping that the information we impart to our listeners is, you know, enables them to, to do better at the book. So yeah. uh, last week, both of us cashed, which is nice. I'm not going to reveal yet who did better than the other, but I do like the trend. Mm -hmm. And I do like the fact that uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, what we're seeing is really coming to fruition and, and, and showing, the, you know, that the trends that we're spotting yeah. are actually coming into play. I will say this week when I looked at the card, boy, I, I, uh, I kind of waffled a lot. I don't know about you, but I, I changed my mind a few times. I, I was on something. Last week, I got gun shy and I made some tinkering at the last minute. I used to do this with my fantasy lineup where I would, you know, wait and tinker and move guys around. And then all of a sudden, whatever I did was wrong. But I hadn't done that for sports betting. And last week, I changed my mind at the last minute and went from the, the Vikings mm -hmm. to the Bears. And I switched a pick of mine. And that, that was costly. Yikes. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, sometimes those instincts take you to the right direction. I will say that last week I had the Charger Dallas game, not to get ahead of ourselves, as my third bet. And I looked at it and I moved it up to the second bet, which turned out to be a good thing. We'll talk about that in a, a little bit. Going back to your question, though, you said, do I waffle when I looked at the lines this week? I feel like there's always a little bit of that when you look at the lines for the first time. When you look at them, you know, like on Tuesday morning, you're like, what? I don't like any of these things. And then a couple sort of come into shape. But it was much muddier than usual. It took a long time for things to really come into shape. I had four bets, you know, like two hours ago and I got rid of one. So yeah, it was weird and, you know, injuries and all sorts of things going on. I, I did want to say that going back to the NFL in general, one of the only predictable things that we get week after week in the NFL is its unpredictability because last week, the only two remaining unbeaten teams go into games as massive favorites and lose. And that's, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles losing to the Jets and the San Francisco losing to, to the Browns. Like, out of nowhere, these teams just stub their toe and, 
you know, a, a team at home that hasn't been playing well gets a little bit of second wind, and now there's no more unbeaten teams in the NFL. It's crazy. And the 1972 Miami Dolphins now crack open another bottle of champagne to celebrate <laughs> the only undefeated season, right? Yeah, I, I that's, I think, one of the things that made me gun-shy because not only did these teams that were heavily favored not cover, they lost outright. And I guess you just can't expect anymore to have a team go perfect. It just, it, you know, it. Yeah. I think it, a few years ago, the, the Patriots had a perfect regular season, but then lost. But nonetheless, they're going to have a loss. And it's funny because I think last week, I think I said, you know, one of these teams is, I mean, you know, is not, I, I realize at some point they're going to lose. Yeah. Turned out, you know, it was Philadelphia this week, but yeah, that's why I waffled on a couple of bets. I was really close to taking one team and then said, nah, you know what, I, I, I don't see it. And, you know, when you said you look at the lines and, and usually they come off as not being, you know, easy to read and, you, and you're like, you know, I don't really, nothing looks good. When they do look good, then sometimes I get skeptical too. I'm like, why does that look so good? What am I missing here? Like that shouldn't be the way it is. So it's, it's, it's a catch-22. Yeah, you can definitely double cross yourself. What I was going to say, um, I did not go back and do the math, but I wonder what a ticket would have played would have paid if you had the money line on the Browns and the Jets. If you had those two teams on the money line, about a hundred dollars, that would have been a nice little payout. Yeah, and I'm seeing some of these posted on Twitter where people are doing these same game parlays or these multi leg parlays that are coming in for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I don't think I have the stones to put up as much as these people are putting up to make those bets. I mean, we're seeing like, you know, you do it for a five, ten dollar throwaway. These people are putting up three hundred, four hundred dollars for these things. And I guess one hits and that's a that's a total game changer for your whole season, possibly your betting life, right? I guess, but it feels like you're just betting nothing but hard ways at the craps table, like things that have really, really long odds that you're going to throw away a lot of money before one hit. So, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm falling into that trap, too, by the way. That's the thing about being in a state where betting is legal and you've got these FanDuel and, and DraftKings same game parlay offers and all of us. I'm just I'm betting all kinds of things and you got to be more disciplined. So. Fortunately, I'm betting very small amounts and I'm not, you know, risking that that much. But but yeah, it's uh, it's a discipline thing. And maybe we're going to have to start instituting some more rules. You know, last year I had my rule one and one a I haven't really been following that this season. I think I'm going to institute a new rule this season and we'll talk about it when I get into my uh, later on in the show. I love it. Well, um I think it's time to take a look back as we always do. So the way the Wanna Bet podcast works is that every week, Miles and I get $1,000 to make our bets. We have to bet that whole $1,000. We have to make at least three bets. And each bet has to be at least $100. So the first part of the podcast is we look back at last week. We look back at week six bets. We tally the results. We lick our wounds. We celebrate our wins. Miles, how'd you do last week? So I went two and one, uh, which I'm happy about generally. It's just uh, what I realized is that my big bet did not come in. And the part of the reason I made my big bet, which was San Francisco against Cleveland, San Francisco being undefeated, was because I got them at such a good line. I, I picked them early in the week and said, this is the team I'm really looking at. And the spread I got was minus six. And by the time we got to broadcast, mm -hmm. new information came out, 
And uh, it was that Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be playing quarterback for Cleveland. That line moved from six to nine and a half. I think it might have gone as high as 10 at one point. And I just thought, boy, what value am I getting here at six? Like, this is great, you know? Yeah, I had the same feeling when I saw the Deshaun Watson announcement. I was like, oh my God, great news for Miles. He's already got it at a great number. And now one of the key players in the game isn't going to be out, you know, pushing it even more likely. So I was like, I was like counting that money for you when I saw the Deshaun Watson announcement. And there's your double cross right there. You know, it looks too good to be true. And 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 sure enough, it wasn't. But the game itself was, was interesting. And I, I guess I'm not surprised that San Francisco lost when you factor in the fact that McCaffrey got injured in the game yeah. and Debo Samuel got injured in the game. And when you lose two, two key skill position players, you're not the same team. But at the outset of the game, San Francisco was doing what San Francisco does. They were dominating, and McCaffrey had a touchdown for the 14th or 15th consecutive week. I mean, I wasn't thinking that this was going to you know, unfold the way it did. But when injuries like that happen, you kind of have to say, you know, throw out all logic, and, and you're just doomed to whatever happens. Yeah, Trent Williams, I think their uh, offensive tackle was also uh, out and went out of that game. Yeah, I think it was just bad timing, bad luck of uh, a team losing his skill players. And you look, Brock Purdy has been fantastic. This is his first loss. It's always tough to play on the road. And they walked into a team that even though they lost to Sean Watson, the Cleveland Browns have a really good defense. And those things came together. I, you know, we don't usually talk about officiating. There were a couple of very questionable calls against San Francisco in the second half of that game. I don't think it's going to help you cover. It was really for more people, you know, who are just San Francisco fans. But yeah, really bad timing with the injuries. I think that was that was a key. It was, and yeah, maybe San Francisco could have won. They weren't going to cover the six. They certainly weren't going to cover the nine and a half. And it was really an, an indicator. It was an early game, and it was the indicator for that week that the strong teams are not looking as good. Because like you said, Philadelphia ended up losing. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, you know, barely won. They, they probably should have lost. And, and you know, I think uh, you know, there was another game where a really strong team just, you know, lucked out. Might have been a missed field goal is why they ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um but my other two bets did come in, and let's talk about those. I had Detroit over Tampa Bay, and I've just been, you know, fanboy of Detroit and watching them play, and they just continue to impress. They didn't score nearly as many points as I thought they would. They've kind of been hot and cold. They're always scoring 20, and they did put up another 20 at this point. But they did dominate the game. I, it never really felt in doubt having Detroit in this one. Um and I actually looked at them this week thinking, should I continue on that trend? They're, they're getting points, but they're playing Baltimore. And just, I don't know, I don't have a good feel for Baltimore yet. They're just there. Sometimes they can play great and sometimes they won't. So um, I was happy with the win. I was happy with the way they played. Amon Ron St. Brown had a really nice game on his comeback game. So that was great. And then my third bet was the Rams over Arizona. I was giving up a touchdown. But it turned out that really wasn't a big deal either. The Rams dominated that game. Uh, Cooper Cup was integrated, you know, well again for the second week. So uh, I'm kind of now high on the Rams. I, I'm, I really like what they've done, especially considering at the outset of the year, I, I pictured them to be 
pretty much at the bottom of the uh, of the barrel in, in terms of the whole NFC uh, and certainly that division. Uh, I agree. And give Sean McVay and the Rams credit because we even talked about them in preseason, about how bad they looked in preseason to a, to a level that we were actually bringing it up. And we know preseason doesn't mean anything, but they were just, you know, doormats. And, you know, kudos to them for really showing up. Matthew Stafford has had a nice resurgence. I do want to go back to what you were saying earlier about another team losing on a missed field goal. We did not connect the dots because that team was the San Francisco 49ers. So with everything that we talked about in that game, they actually really had an opportunity at the end. You're right. You're right. That's what it was. Yeah. They should I mean, they should have remained undefeated. Certainly, I would have lost my bet and everyone that bet them did. And I was so excited. I think this was the first time I was going to be on the San Francisco 49ers. But yeah, you're right. That's what it was. Yeah. So you finished the week with $1,042 going two and one and cashing on the week. So nice result. As you mentioned, it was not your big bet. Um, I did get my top two bets in, luckily. So I ended up two and one on the week as well. But I will take the week. I give you our champion. And let me recap my bet. So my first bet is I had the Raiders minus three uh, over the Patriots playing in uh, Allegiant Stadium. And it's so funny. A lot of connections in this game, right? With Josh McDaniel and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, Jacoby Myers, a lot of kind of interesting layers to what's going on. But um, you know, you and I texted a little bit about this. 99% of the time when something happens at the end of the, the game, it is usually bad for the sports better. Usually a field goal, you know, you lose your cover, you lose a, an under, uh, you backdoor yourself into a loss 99 times out of 100. And in this game, thank the gods, I got something that backdoored me into a win, which was a safety at the end of the game. The Raiders had a two-point lead. That was not going to cut it for me. And then a sack in the end zone at the end of the game changes the score, changes my fortunes. And I will say that last week I said Max Crosby of the Raiders was going to be a difference maker. And ironically, the Patriots really contained him through most of the game. He did not have a sack until the safety he actually got a split sack uh, and shared it with somebody. But there was a little bit of a irony there. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, 440 to win 400 that put uh, 840 in my bank right away yeah and I was watching that game and I think he actually had a misstep earlier in the game there's a penalty called on him at one point it was like a roughing or something that was really unnecessary and he almost was like the the goat of the game yeah so he had a huge turnaround and yeah I mean this is what happens, David, when you don't make a proclamation that you're going to win everything in the world. You get the breaks <laughs> like a safety with like, you know, two minutes left in the game to win your bet. I learned my lesson. I am not uh, calling my shots anymore uh, if this is the result. Uh, so that was week one. And as I mentioned, my second bet, which I moved up in the order, is I had the under in the Charger Dallas game, and that was 50 and a half. My bet was 330 to win 300. And I came in pretty safely. 20 to 17, Dallas did win in the game. And my reasoning was the Cowboys were coming into the game after that bad loss at San Francisco. They were going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, which they did. The Chargers, meanwhile, were coming in off of their bye week. So they had a chance to rest, specifically Joey Bosa and Derwin James. Also, Austin Eckler, he did not really, you know, he wasn't really a big factor in the game. But game started out as a total sweat. 
first three drives, two touchdowns. It's seven, seven already early in the first quarter. And I'm like, Oh my God, are you kidding? All of a sudden, you know, these two offenses are going to go crazy. And then it completely settled into the game. I thought it was going to be over the next like 45 minutes of game time. There were a total of six points scored. There were nine punts. Both teams missed fourth down uh, conversion attempts. Uh, It was just a grind. And by the middle of the third quarter, I was pretty safe and happy that this bet was going to come in. And again, to my credit, I said, I have no idea who's going to win this game. Either team could win it. You can make the argument both sides. I didn't want anything to do with the actual game. And Dallas won on a, on a, you know, close game. The chargers did what the chargers do, which is managed to lose close games. But I feel like I had a pretty good sense of this game. Yeah. And the game flow did change because it started out very much a scoring festival and I thought it would continue, but a lot of penalties, there were stuff called back. Uh, I think, I think that Justin Herbert's broken finger affected his ability to throw accurately. Completely agree. He was throwing high all game. He missed wide open Keenan Allen at least once, if not twice. I totally was thinking the same thing, that even though it was his left hand that's hurt, something is off with him. Right, and those were drive killers. And so you got the Chargers punting more than they normally do because they're fourth down machines, right? Boy, that was uh, it was a good call by you. I didn't really see that one nearly as clearly as you did, but that one came to uh, fruition. Yeah, and so those were my first two. And my last bet is the game you talked about is I had the over in the uh, Detroit-Tampa Bay game. And I came into this week 0-2 on overs, and I leave 0-3. I apparently just can't pick an over. We talked about the game, you know, credit to Detroit and, you know, Jared Goff doing what they need to do. They really kind of, you know, stepped on the neck of the Buccaneers in the second half. They had a long touchdown. And I didn't give enough credit to the Tampa Bay defense. They are good enough to keep a good team like Detroit, you know, maybe in second gear instead of fifth gear. So this game was never close to the over. Uh, I will never have a perfect week. Um, (laughs) But but it is what it is. Uh, I do win this week. And uh, what my total was uh, 1450, I believe. Well, that's awesome. I mean, we both go two and one, but you end up getting uh, more money, which uh, again is a is a recurring theme. I feel like we're having because there's been several weeks where we've gone the same record, but your betting has been better than mine. Uh, and so I think um, I'm going to recap uh, how the uh, one of an army did, so that all of our listeners know uh, just how, how good everyone has been hitting lately. And then when we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about maybe a new philosophy I have that'll that'll bring up a rule. But uh, for for now, let's talk about the one about Army. We did have some undefeateds. Okay, please, John's, John's Vagnus again. Y- yes, inconceivable. John's Vagnus again. Let's lead with him. This guy is killing it. Uh, he might want to quit his day job and just go directly into sports betting. He had the Rams. He had the Commanders plus points. He had the Jags. That was 3-0. We got RJ taking the Lions, taking the Vikings, taking the Bengals. He goes 3-0. We got Bill Kuklanis. Now, I don't know if you ever read Bill's tweets, but he doesn't tweet in English. 
he tweets in code. You need to like hire Goodwill Hunting in order to crack his, you, you know, secretive. Yeah. Code. You, well, you need you need a, a football encyclopedia from like the the late seventies because he gives player names and you have to match them to teams and yeah, it's it's a whole seek your own adventure. It's better this way when at least he's giving player names. He used to give things like mythical creature versus you know uh, yeah, something. I mean, it's it's bizarre. I don't know how I do it. I probably spend more time deciphering who he's picking than I spent doing my own picks. So, Kaklanis, I think you went 3-0. When you say Tarkington over Luckman, someone that lives in Chicago knows what that means. But I guarantee you there are people that listen to this podcast have no idea what that is. <laughs> he had Minnesota, Cincinnati, and I think he had the New York Giants over Buffalo. I'm not sure. Tittle over Ferguson. I really had to. I had to spend time looking that up in a, in a way that is crazy because there's multiple Fergusons. Um, Nick Moons, my cousin. I wish the guy could follow rules. He only picked two teams. He didn't make three, so he only got one out of his two. He had the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Dave Siegel had a couple correct. He had the Miami over. He also had the Bengals. Barons. He uh, he had a losing week. Unfortunately, he was correct on the Texans, but missed his other two bets. And then Donnie Wheels was two and one like you and me. He at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He had the Rams. We may need to go back and actually tally some of the results from the one bet army just to see where we are monetarily. Number one. And number two, we need to get John Zvogdis on the show. We need a special guest to sort of be in the presence of his wisdom because that's three perfect weeks in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And he might have started late. I don't even know if he started week one. So yeah, I hope that he's actually putting down money on these games on the side because he can have himself a nice little slush fund to do fun things. Well, whatever he's doing and wherever he's looking, uh, I want uh, I want more info on it. So those are the recaps from last week. And what we're going to do right after the break is we're going to wipe the slate clean and we're going to look ahead towards week seven. So everybody come on back when we return on Wanna Bet. Okay, we are back with the Wanna Bet podcast, and like I promised, we are going to wipe the slate clean, we are going to put a thousand magical new dollars into our wallets, and we are going to turn our attention to the week seven games, and I'm going to go first. Miles, we have talked about this team a lot tonight, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they are playing at home against the Atlanta Falcons, they are minus two and a half, and I'm going to take Tampa Bay at home. 440 to win 400. Let's take a deeper look into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are three and two, and their two losses are to the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. They have found something with Todd Bowles and this team and Baker Mayfield and this defense. I really like their ability to tighten up on a team that is really, really struggling, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, they are coming to Tampa Bay after a three-game homestand, they're one and two. This team is really struggling with turnovers. Desmond Ritter had three interceptions against Washington last week. If you're going to look for any silver lining with Atlanta, it's the fact that Drake London finally had a decent week. He had over 120 yards last week, and Kyle Pitts did have a touchdown. So maybe there's little elements of them getting some of their skill players off the schneid, as it were, and back you know, in the positive column. But I don't think that we have seen the quarterback development that we thought we would see out of Desmond Ritter, whereas we're seeing it like a Sam Howell and some of these other 
uh, you know, people, but he's given up the ball way too much. He's not confident when he's on the road. We remember they lost to Jacksonville a couple weeks ago in London. And I think the two and a half points is a great bet to have Tampa Bay continue their solid play, winning, you know, efforts. You know, Mike Evans and, and Baker are finding each other. This team is putting up uh, enough points to win, and they're really cracking down on defense. I like your bet, David. Yeah, I, I like your bet. I wanted to take it myself when I saw that you were on it. I thought, how am I supposed to ever catch up to David if we're on the same games? So this is one that I approve and would be happy to take. Yeah. One little note about this bet, which sort of pushed me over the edge. When I was thinking about it and I went to the ESPN page on the Atlanta Falcons, you know, they have a page for every team. Right at the top of the page was a video that says why Tampa Bay is going to cover against the Atlanta Falcons this week. And I was like, well, maybe that's just a sign that I am in the right place. So that pushed me over the top. We thought we liked what Atlanta has, but they're not putting it all together. And... Tampa Bay is beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah, you're exactly right. Atlanta just is not developing like we thought they would. And again, we got to like look at what we're seeing right now and divorce ourselves from the thoughts we had a month and a half ago. So my first bet before I get into it, uh, I, I'm going to do this now. I think I'm going to create my rule number two, if you will. So if you might recall, last year I created rule one which was stop betting against the home underdogs. And then I made a, a, a slight modification to Rule 1A, which was trust your instincts and start betting on the home underdogs. So, what, you know, again, one was don't bet against these guys. Just, you know, avoid the game maybe. And then 1A was, well, trust yourself and actually put money on them. Mm-hmm. So my Rule 2, based on this season right now, is – Stop with the sizing of your bets and making more one game more important than the other. I'm going to start keeping all of my bets the same, at least for now, just until I start building a bigger bankroll. So, you know, 330 to win 300 is pretty much going to be what I'm going to be doing this week. Uh, you know, I'll do 330, 330, and then 340. Um, and I think I'll probably do it next week. And maybe if I get some steam, that's what I'll do. And then maybe I'll change it if I have to catch up and try to beat you. So that's going to be my rule too. Interesting. Uh, I, I just want to get into your head a little bit. So when you come to the table with these three bets that you have today, are you saying you don't really have a feeling as to which bet is stronger than the others or you do and you're just sort of tamping that down? And sort of as a follow-up question, if the team in your heart that you secretly think is the best bet wins, are you going to have regret that you didn't bet more money on that team? I'm sure, because I'm always one that has regret. But I've gone this year 2-1 and one and lost uh, money for the week. And then this last week where I went 2-1, and one, I only won about $46, I think it was. Whereas if they were paced equally, you know, it, it, it'd, it'd both be wins for over $200. I think it'd be like 12 and change. So I think I'm losing money by having different units. And and I don't necessarily, and when I think I have a feel for something that's better than the other, I guess that feeling hasn't been correct. So make them all the same and we'll see how that goes. That's going to be rule two Mm -hmm. and we'll see how that goes. And I'm going to follow rule one because I was very close to saying, I think Buffalo is going to kick the shit out of the New England Patriots, and the Patriots are home dogs getting eight and a half. 
and I crossed out my bet. I, I sent you that I was taking Buffalo, and I decided no, let's let's go with Rule One and let's let's follow it and see how that goes. I think Buffalo wins the game, but I'm not sure that they're going to cover. And let's just try out this new rule. So, all that being said, my first bet of the week, in no particular order, is the Rams minus three against Pittsburgh. Actually, I'm going to make that my $340. That gets $10 more. Not because I think it's better than the others, but because for some reason, the Rams are at a minus 115 instead of a minus 110. So I got, I'm betting 340 to win, I think, 295. I like the Rams. I like what they've been doing. Um, and I've watched Pittsburgh, and although they were on a bye last week and have had a lot of rest, the games that I've watched have just not been impressive. Yes, they've won a couple. And yes, they're probably going to go at least 8-8 eight and eight this year. But I just don't see the offensive explosiveness of that team. They don't have it. They can't get it going. Whereas the Rams are explosive. They can be down the field in two plays and score. And between Cooper Cup and Gunga Gugajunga <laughs> and Matt Stafford, and, you know, I think they might be shy of running back this week, but I, I just saw they signed Miles Gaskin, who I guess he's been all over the place. He's been on maybe three different teams and never called up, but mm-hmm. they're at least filling the position. I don't think uh, that Williams necessarily has been – the difference maker in all of them scoring. He has been explosive, but I'm going with the Rams and it's only minus three. They're playing at home. And I just feel like Pittsburgh isn't going to be able to score. I waffled a little bit on this, but I'm going to stick with my, my instincts and and keep on the Rams. Yeah. Kenny Pickett is definitely in that category with Desmond Ritter of quarterbacks who everybody expected was going to be developing faster than they are. And I don't know why he had a knee injury or his knee got banged up. So I don't know if that's impeding his development, but this is a team that seems to be spinning their wheels and people are frustrated. You mentioned, you know, eight and eight because Mike Tomlin always gets his team to 500 somewhere, somehow, And to that end, the thing that makes me nervous about this bet, weirdly, is that they just beat the Ravens, you know, in a tight game. They got, you know, a late interception or whatever. But um, that's a that's a nice win for them to come off of. I do agree with you that the Rams and we talked about this, they are playing way better than uh, anybody you know, predicted. I've talked about it. Uh, a lot of great players, you know, Nakua, Ngunga, whatever, coming out of nowhere to be a great compliment to Cooper Cup, who's now back. Um, in terms of bet a number, not a team, I like this number for you. Uh, and I think it's a strong bet. All right. Thanks. Okay. So my second bet of the week, Miles, I've talked about overs. I'm 0-3 in overs this year. Am I ever going to bet an over again? Hell no. Hell yes, I am. Did the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Hell no. What do they say the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same dumb thing over and over again? Well, I am back to the well. I am betting it over. I am betting the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles will be over 51 and a half. Uh, it was at 52. It dropped down to 51 and a half. I will take it. My bet is 330 to win 300. And look, here's what I'm looking at. You got the number one and number two offensive teams in the NFL. Uh, you have the five and one Eagles against the five and one Dolphins. Yards per game, they're one and two. Points per game, Miami's number one. Philadelphia is number five. I mean, if they're even close to their averages, 
I'm good. Their averages together are like over 63 points, something like that. I know the Eagles are coming off of a really surprising loss to the Jets. Uh, bad fourth quarter. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw an interception and Jets played good defense. They really did. We talked about bounce back weeks last week with the Cowboys. This will be a bounce back week for Philadelphia in terms of the offense. I, I really think that they have a chip in their shoulder now and they are going to look to turn things around. Uh, you know, Hertz had three interceptions against the Jets. I don't think that's going to happen against the Dolphins. Um, and meanwhile, you know, Miami has a bunch of track stars. Tyreek Hill is on pace for a 2,300-yard, 17-touchdown season. Raheem Mostert is on pace for a 1,200-yard rushing and 25-touchdown season. Tua is on pace for a 5,300-yard, 40-touchdown season. They got people all over the field. If you don't think an over is going to be hit in any game in the NFL, it's going to be hit on this one. So... I feel pretty solid about it. This is the bet that's going to turn the battleship for me on overs. I, it's, it's hard for me to disagree with you, especially because Miami can put up 51 and a half points on their own. You've seen the game where they did 70. Uh, last week, they were down early 14 to zero to a crappy Carolina team, and everyone was nervous. Oh my God, they're going to lose. And they just poured it on. I mean, talk about teams that can score in two plays or less. Miami is that team. Mm -hmm. And you couple that with Philadelphia, who you know that they're going to get at least one touchdown on the tush push. You know that, you know, their defense and special teams is capable of scoring. And they're just a solid all-around team. I kind of like your bet here, too. I, it's it's rare for me to come out and say that I like multiple of your bets, but I, <laughs> I kind of like this one, too. Uh, in fact, I was very close to take Miami Plus two and a half. I thought, boy, that looks juicy. Miami getting points. But Philadelphia is just one of those teams, and maybe it's the spot because they lost last week that I decided against it. So uh, I do think there'll be ample scoring. I do. I feel the same way. I didn't want to be on that game because I wasn't quite sure, you know, what Philadelphia team was going to come out. Unfortunately, the trend this year in the NFL has been more unders, and people have been talking about that for whatever reason. More unders are coming in, uh, and I keep trying to buck that trend, and hopefully this will be the week. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about that trend because my next bet is Seattle and Arizona under. And that under is at 44 and a half. Last week, I believe on the slate of games, 12 of them came in as unders. 12 of the 14 games were unders. Wow. It's been crazy unders. And I mean, there's, uh, you know, one part of me that says, well, that means it may be due for some overs. But this week, I've decided I'm going to try to see if that trend's going to continue. I think the under trend has been just that for this season. And so I'm looking at Seattle. I'm looking at Arizona. The game's being played in Seattle. 44 and a half is somewhat of a lot of points this week because there's a lot of games at 37 and 39. I think that Seattle will win this game because I think Arizona is going to struggle to score. But I haven't seen Seattle put up tons and tons of points this season either. So... You know, I, I contemplated, do I want to give the points um, or do I want to just say, yes, yeah, Seattle probably will blow them out. But, you know, 21 to 10 is well under the 44 and a half. 
So I'm uh, I'm getting a little conservative and trying to follow the trends here, and I'm thinking it's going to be low scoring. I think with the 12th man, I think you'll get a lot of false starts and, and penalties, and I think it'll keep bringing people, you know, back back in the in the yardage situation. I think that you know Seattle. Uh, they're not necessarily a gambling team, and I think they'll be happy to just be up and 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 let their defense play. So I'm hoping for a low-scoring game here. I was surprised that the number was that high to begin with. Yeah, this bet makes me a little nervous only because, and I think you're on the right side of things, but you have two teams that I would characterize as unpredictable. And when you're trying to sort of pin an over or an under bet, you know, Seattle had a couple of games this year where they scored over 30 points. Um, you know, Geno Smith kind of been up and down this year. Arizona has lost three in a row and not s- scored great. So that's definitely in your favor. But then they had that surprising, you know, win over Dallas where they just sort of come out of nowhere. So when you have these things where you're like, I, I think I know where this team is, but every now and then they really kind of, you know, zig when you zag. I, I hope, I hope you end up on the right side of it. Yeah. Well, part of it is also, I did watch the Rams Arizona game and did kind of focus on the Arizona offense. And I, and I might've mentioned last week with Connors out, they just don't have the same running game. And I think that severely hampers them. And so I just don't expect them to to even hit 14 points. And when when you're, when you're there, I just feel like, uh, you know, Seattle can be comfortably up two scores and still make this under without, without a real sweat. Yeah, it feels like Arizona comes out of the gate really strong and they might jump up, you know, a touchdown or two, and then they just get beaten down, where, whether it's because they don't have the horses or they don't have the the depth, uh, but it seems like teams are, you know, coming back on them. What about your third bet? Well, it's very interesting that you brought up Rules 1 and Rules 1A earlier from last season because my third bet is a classic 1-1A, and you might be surprised at this bet, but I am taking the Minnesota Vikings plus 7 at home over the San Francisco 49ers, and the spread on this game is 6.5 at minus 105. I bought uh, the extra half point at minus 120. So this bet is my final 230 to win 192. And Miles, you know I love a good pop quiz. So here is my pop quiz question of the podcast. How many one-score games have the Minnesota Vikings played in this year? Probably all of them. That is correct. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings have been within eight points. And by the way, the eight-point game they won in every single one of the, these games. So in the world of 1-1A, which is don't bet against a home underdog, and Rule 1A is proactively bet on that home underdog, I think this is a great opportunity. And top it off, you have a 49er team that is not coming in on full strength. As we talked about, they got really banged up last week. Christian McCaffrey oblique ribs, something like that. They say he's day-to-day. Debo Samuel, very questionable right now with the shoulder injury. Uh, Lineman Williams, he's got a bad ankle. So I think it's the perfect storm for me to capitalize on the number. I just love the seven points. Kirk Cousins, yes, he's got the reputation of never doing well in primetime. This is the Monday night game, but he's always close. Doesn't really get blown out. 
And I really think that's what's going to be the case here, that I don't think Minnesota's going to win this game. I don't care, but I think they're going to be closer than seven points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the more you talk about it, the more it really sounds logical. I mean, we've we've discussed this now several times that last year, 11-0 and Minnesota was when it came to one-score games. And then this year, they just haven't been that successful. They've only won one and all the rest they're losing. So win or lose... Keeping it at one score is probably a pretty safe bet. So I think it's a ballsy bet for you uh, because you're not necessarily expecting Minnesota to win, and so you never like that. But the fact that it's a a full seven points, I think that's an interesting bet. Here is a completely irrelevant fun fact. The last time the San Francisco 49ers won in Minnesota, 1992. They've lost six straight games there. Means nothing for this bet, but I hope that little juju gets spread over those two teams. Well, I'll tell you what does mean something is that they're not at full strength, and they're not the same team when they're not at full strength. And unless they can get some adequate backups to, you know, share in the load, uh, they might become a lot more one-dimensional. And I think right there is uh, is an advantage. So good for you. I think. Very weird. Very weird. You're using my own rules against me to beat me. I, I, I don't like it. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see if your betting strategy changes the results. Uh, as always, to the Wanna Bet Army and our fans out there, please follow along on, oh, I'm taking your Thunder X or whatever they call it these days. And uh, You're not taking Thunder. I haven't made my third bet yet. So you're, you're, you're definitely uh, advising ahead of us being done. You dick. I, I'm just so excited about uh, people uh, joining the podcast and hearing their feedback that I totally forgot you have not given your third bet yet. So I'm, please. I'm so irrelevant. I don't even get a third bet today. This is great. Please. What is your third bet, Miles V? My third bet, David Schiff. Thank God. Uh, I'm going to continue with the theory of unders, and I am going to go Packers, Broncos, under 45. Now, one thing that's against me here is that the Packers were on by, so they've had a lot of time to get better, a lot of time to game plan, a lot of time to say we're coming in with fresh legs and we're going to score some points. Having said that, uh, every game they played so far, to me this year, has been abysmal and underachieving, and they're not scoring points, and they've been really an embarrassment. So couple that with Russell Wilson, who's underachieving, with the Broncos team that is underachieving, and you've got yourself a game that, you know, could very well be 9-6 to six, as far as I'm concerned. Now, maybe there'll be more points, and being at 45, there's plenty of room to score more points, but these two teams are not potent offenses, and so if they do score points, I don't think they're going to be – I think they're going to be coming at a premium. So, again, I'm going with the trends here. Uh, 45 was one of the larger over under totals. And I'm going to say it's going under, uh, you know, the Packers Broncos were not a divisional game like the Rams and, or, uh, like Seattle and Arizona, which is another reason why I like that one. But I still think that neither, neither team is, has shown that they can put up a ton of points. I'm, with you on this bet. And I think you've caught two teams really at the right time, which I think is what's interesting about the bet. You know, Denver, their offense has declined the last three weeks. 
Uh, if it were not for the Chicago Bears, they would be winless. So this is a team that's really lacking confidence right now. And meanwhile, on the other side, Green Bay, they haven't scored more than 20 points in the last three weeks. They also have, you know, a quarterback who's, you know, got so not I would not mental issues, but he's he's he, you know, a little bit of a head case in terms of a good outing one week, not so good outing the next week. Is he growing? Uh, that's Jordan Love, of course. So he has not been really leading this team to a lot of points combined with Russell Wilson just misfiring with the Broncos and Sean Payton. Boy, you just wonder if that uh, marriage is going to last. Uh, you could be primed for an under. Yeah, the, the 45 just seemed like a lot. And I've been watching the Packers, and they've had these slow first halves where they dig themselves a hole and get behind. Well, they might do it again this week, too, and get behind a whole three points or six points because Broncos can't score. But I think their inability to start quick, and I think both teams' inability to really have long, successful, sustained drives uh, kind of points to the under, so that's where I'm headed. Really... A lot of it was there were so many other games where I just am on the fence that uh, I feel like this is the safer way to go. So we'll see. But that's bet number three, also at 330 uh, to win 300, and that rounds out my week. Well, there you go. Another week in the books for the Wanna Bet podcast. Miles has unveiled a new betting strategy. We've, we've dug the rule one and run A out of the archives. A lot going on this week. Uh, I am ready for a great week of football. Yeah, and to what you were saying earlier uh, about the One Bet Army, we'd love for more people to join the One Bet Army. We'd love for you to follow us on Twitter, make your bets, keep track of how you're doing, see about sizing your bets, see whether or not you can be three and zero like John Zagdus, see whether or not you're going to be two and one or better, see if you can beat us. I'm telling you, over time, we're going to be better. We are going to be better. That's what I'm saying. Bring it on. Miles, should we sign off and say goodbye to these fine folks? We should. I'm going to say love your body, Larry, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Peace out. Take care. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric Ash.